Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today we are having one of my favorite conversations with one of my favorite guests. Dr. Andrew Pfeiffer is back to talk about water, everything you need to know and didn't know you need to know. Welcome back, Dr. Pfeiffer. Hello. It's a pleasure to be back. Uh, it's always a treat to talk to you, Gina, and uh, to support your members. Now, I know you've been with us for a while, um, but we do have a lot of new members who may not be familiar with you. So can you do a little introduction, um, who you are, um, your, your, you know, your area of uh, specialty? My pleasure. Um, so uh, as you mentioned, I'm Andrew Pfeiffer. I am a urologic oncology surgeon, uh, urologist with specialty in oncology. Uh, I'm in the greater Toronto area and spend the majority of my time uh, professionally taking care of patients with a variety of urologic conditions and, um, you know, and uh, uh, primarily in the cancer area, but I'm also, uh, as, uh, as we like to say, a human plumber, you know, look after the plumbing. <laughs> I love it. So you've been with us for a while, but you're very familiar with the program. So I know people have a lot of questions like, you know, this amount of water Gina is suggesting to drink and what they're asking us. So just, just, to, just to reinforce the fact that you are very aware of what we do here on program and plan and yeah. what the app is. Yeah, I mean, I, I came into this. I was a member of the program, and I'm currently doing the program uh, right now. And I mean, it, it, I'm, you know, I struggle with a lot of the questions that a lot of members are still talking about water consumption. And I looked at it from both a member standpoint and also from a professional standpoint, uh, trying to meld these together and get um, and really um, um, support my own participation with uh, evidence and personalization. So. I would say that I'm, I'm intimately familiar with the program and um, and uh, and so on. So, so number one question: Why is drinking enough water important? Let's start with that. I know it's basic, but it's a loaded question. Yeah, it's the question, to be honest. Yeah. So water water um, serves as a as a foundation of really that everything but uh, serves as the foundation um, for everything that happens in your body. Um, yeah. You need water to live. You need water for all the biochemical reactions that happen in your cells that make your body function in all the normal ways that we expect it to function. Um, it, it supports your circulation, first and foremost. It supports your um, the, the transition, your oxygen uh, movement throughout your body. Um, you can't survive without water and you can't, you can't, uh, can't I, I would say you can't survive without water, but you can't thrive without the right amounts, right amount of, right amounts of water. Yeah, so we suggest that a Harvard, recent Harvard study came out, Mayo Clinic, the 2.7 to 3.5 liters for the average person, basic body function. We get asked all the time, how much do I need? Why would someone need more and why would someone need less? So, you know, water consumption is very personal, right? You mm -hmm. have to do what's right for you. Um, what's clear about it is that you, there is a basic level of water and fluid that you need to survive. So you lose water. When you breathe, you lose water when you go to the bathroom, when you eliminate solid and liquid waste, you lose water in the natural enzymes that flow into your gut. You, you lose water through perspiration, especially if you work out every day and you're trying to keep fit. Um, the water loss through, through perspiration can be significant, very, very significant. So all of those things 
you start at a certain level and you're dropping, you know, as the day goes. So it's, it's, a, it's incumbent upon you to really fill that up and keep that water, that, that consumption at that level um, to maintain your body functions. Um, yeah. So people, people who need uh, more water are those who are vigorous, uh, you know, who are, who are vigorously exercising, for instance, or um, who um, have conditions that make them lose a lot of water, for instance, you know, um, those who need um, less water are those, for instance, who have are on medications or have medical problems that do not permit their that, that as a result of their, their their body not being able to process a lot of water. So those patients have to be a little bit more. Those numbers have to be a little bit more careful uh, in yeah. terms of their water consumption. So that's why I think you guys do a great job at personalizing the water consumption for each member. Yeah, like it's relevant person to person. So I always say like someone says, well, I can't drink what's recommended. You know, um, is this program going to still work for me? Like their body takes those limitations. So how much someone needs is how much they need. If they are restricted, it's not necessarily going to factor into their ability to lose weight. It's just like they have to do what's right for them. So mm -hmm. it's not more and more and more. My point is so someone who's physically unable to drink what is typically recommended. It's not going to be impossible for them to lose weight. Well, you know, I, I've always said, I mean, the, you know, the plan, which again, I'm, I'm familiar with and all the different, you know, things that, that you talk about, um, you know, our water is only one aspect of that, right? Mm -hmm. So you do what you can you maximize to your personal ability yeah, and you focus on the other aspects that you can do. Maybe you are a person who can do, you know, other things in the plan and maximize your consumption of, of you know, the, just as I, you know, just as you would say. But water, uh, you know, you have to do what what's right for you, you know, and that that's really the most important thing. So we've had this conversation before, and one of sort of those aha moments that I had um, was about the fact that because you're eating more often, you need more water. Like if you're just eating a couple of meals a day or following on with a diet or whatever, you, whatever you're doing before you got in here, you might not necessarily have needed as much. But one of the reasons why you do need a little bit more is to support the process in your body while you're focused on it is because you're eating so often. Yeah. So um, digestion in general requires yeah. a lot of water. Your, your body's pouring in all these enzymes in your stomach, in your intestine, all the way down through your colon and exchanging water for metabolites and diffusing the good stuff into your body, absorbing the nutrients and getting rid of the waste. All that is mediated by water. So the nutrients go in and the nutrients come and, and, the, and the waste comes out all with the use, all dissolved in water. So without a good amount of fluid, right, that your body can rely on to to, to perform those exchange of minerals and all those things and, and, and get your pancreas and your liver to put in all the enzymes to digest, all that is water-based. So, so you have to um, be able to consume a good amount. You don't need to be, uh, you know, overdo it, but um, water consumption, just like everything else in your body, in, in, in your own um, homeostasis, um, water promotes good, you know, good absorption, um, good digestion, and promotes your circulation and everything of the sort. So let's look at that from a different angle. So that's mm. the, obviously what you need water for. So then what happens, to, just to frame it differently, when you're not getting enough? Like what are the, what are the issues with being dehydrated? So when, you, when you're dehydrated, your body sucks in water from every place that it can to mm. support your circulation. Because the number one thing is your body is your blood pressure and your body needs to support your blood pressure. That overrides everything, you know? So 
when you have a certain amount of water in your diet or, or, or your and you and you're well hydrated your blood pressure is good your your, your cells can say okay we don't need to relax uh, we uh, we don't need to release our water into the into the the big veins and the big arteries and i can just keep the water in my in, and focus on being the best cell or best tissue that i can be that's really what 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 goes on but uh, once you're dehydrated that you know that your body sends messengers to basically your entire body and through these pressures um the water just is sucked up into your general circulation. So your tissues are dehydrated. So you may see your skin be very, very dried out, for instance. You may have your other internal organs not function the best way they can, um, you know, because they don't have, they're not well hydrated, they're not robust. And, you know, I know you, you've asked this question in the past. Well, what can you see when you, when you go yes. in the operating room? When you're what operating, do you see? yes, yes. What do you see? Operating. Can you see dehydration? Yes, you can absolutely see dehydration, and we see it all the time. In fact, one of the most fundamental pillars of uh, surgery is hydration and electrolyte management because mm. you cannot do good surgery without a well-hydrated patient, without somebody who's supported um, with, you know, with fluids and so on during an operation. So you see, you see flat veins, you see, um, you know, water that's not or, or blood that's not being uh, brought up to the heart naturally. So you can see dehydration. Um, so fluid um, and supportive circulation um, is sort of a fundamental thing of what I do. Um, and as a urologist, you know, we, we see this a lot in, in patients with um, kidney abnormalities and all these different things. Um, so I can't stress enough the importance of really maintaining your hydration. So uh, we're going to get into the conversation of, of, of too much water and who needs to be no. worried about that. But would you say, because I still want to stick on the conversation of dehydrate, because when I, I want to bring up this study that you sent to me. Um, mm. But would you say that, like, what is more of a concern? Like, I know maybe overhydration might be a concern for people who need to be mindful of that. But what do you think is a larger, more systemic issue? Dehydration with people over the concern of overhydration? Because people come to the program and you take people who don't drink any water or survive on coffee and a diet pop and that's it. And they're so concerned about, oh, I can't drink too much water. What if I drink too much water? When I'm thinking you should probably, most people should probably be concerned about not getting enough, not the other. Agreed. way around agree yeah so, yeah there's two really two people two populations um there's the minority population which we tend to see in medical offices where patients or where patients come in and they have problems with their physiology and they, they they you know they're on medication and different things that alter their water metabolism in their life that's one group we'll park that for a second but then there's okay. the majority of people who you know who again like you said coffee and diet pop and they all of a sudden they're expected to drink two, you know, they are not expected, but they are encouraged to, to have a safe water consumption for um, for them. And they go to the bathroom more often. They're frustrated because they, you know, they, this changes the way they are. Now, you yeah. know, we've talked about this in the past also where your body has these sensors, you know, yes. that determine where, how much, what, what your concentration of your blood is, what your blood pressure, these sensors are in your neck right here and here, right? There's in the, in the big veins in your neck. And yep. what these sensors do is they, they tell you, if you drink a lot of water, if I drink a liter of water right now, my, and I'm not working out, my sensors are going to tell me that I have too much blood volume, that the water is, is there's too much water in my body. And as a result, um, you know, my blood pressure is, is supported. It's time to release some water. So it's going to send messages to my heart and my kidneys to make more urine, to pass out the water naturally. That's how, that's how it works. So, 
it, so, so with that, right, people who are tonically dehydrated, their sensors are set at a very low point with mm. effective and safe consumption of water and increasing your hydration towards a healthy area, your body resets. So there's a bit of a bump, a, you know, that you have to get over to your body to reset. And, um, and I know that in the program, um, I think you talk about more of a consistent um, consumption of water throughout the day and not sort of a, you know, liter after liter, you know, binge water drinking, I would say, yes. you know, so I think that also promotes that. So it's going to, that is a much healthier way of, of getting your water and your fluids in than, you know, drinking a liter with dinner, a liter with lunch and, you know, and then a liter with, uh, with, with breakfast or something like that, more of a consistent pace, which helps your body adapt to this new healthy um, level of blood volume and concentration of your blood. Woo! So this, so this is why when people go from not drinking a lot of water to increasing their water, even perhaps when they're spreading it out, that they're, they're kind of, their body is state is set around a certain amount of water and satur saturation. Would you call that saturation yeah, levels? Saturation is level good, yeah, absolutely. Sure. So it's, it's set lower. So when you try to go above that, you're you're feeling the effects is this why people may all of a sudden start peeing more often exactly it, it it's like it's, it's it's like when you know i think you can make an analogy to weight loss in general where your body is set to a certain uh, a certain you know barometer where you yeah. have to change things in order to lose the weight you know yes. so it's the same thing with water your body is just used to a certain level and you have to slowly uh, over you know over time change the way your body functions and you know, part and parcel with, 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 um, you know, macronutrient consumption and, and things of this sort, water's part of that. Ooh, I love this conversation. Okay. So let's talk about those, those saturation levels. Obviously you don't want to be, drink too much water. Like we say, avoid drinking mm -hmm. a liter in an hour, like really sp spread it out. But then what about electrolytes? Like should everyone, if someone's drinking more water, should everyone be adding in things like trace minerals, making sure they're getting enough salt? I know historically people are like, you don't like salt is bad. Salt is high blood pressure. Salt is all these things, but you actually need salt. And when people do the program, they tend to not get as much salt in, not as many processed foods. So do you think like, should everybody be mindful of that? Or just some people need to worry about that? Just drinking more, I mean, adding in more, yeah. you know, to, to support? Totally agree. I think that, um, you know, when you drink a lot of water, there's a risk, you know, a small risk that if you drink an, an overabundance of water, I'm talking many, 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 you know, 10 liters of water, um, that your level of sodium will go down a little bit in your, in your body. So that of course is not a great thing. It can lead to some other things. And the, the only, the most important thing I would say is that people who, who that happened to sometimes are susceptible because of medication they're on or uh, problems with their health, people with heart, heart failure, kidney problems. We always stress that, that, you know, you have to decide what's right for you and what's right for you is based on your own personalized health and mm -hmm. There's no one blanket response for everybody. You have to speak with your physician about what a safe a level of consumption of water is. If you're on things like diuretics uh, to maintain your blood, to, to control your blood pressure, or if you have ever been told that you have a heart problem, things of this sort, those are really important things to focus on. So, but for the general population, 
Um, there have been plenty of great studies that have come out to show that maintaining a very healthy level of sodium in your diet is a very important part of your physiology. So okay. when you, when, you know, think trace, things like trace minerals are very, very important. Um, if you, like your body is, let's say, concentrated at this level, okay? And if you drink water that is concentrated at this level, okay, and it's less, much less concentrated than your body, then that water is going to go into your body and, 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 and bring down your concentration. That's really mm. what happens. So yeah. the trick is to raise that level of concentration of what you're consuming, right, where it almost matches what your body is naturally made of. And, it, and, and then you have this free exchange of water going in and out in a safe way. You support your circulation, you support your organs, and you don't worry about big shifts of water going in and out of your circulation yourselves to lead you with things like low sodium and so on and so forth. So that, that's really a, the most fundamental, important thing. So if someone is drinking what they think is the right amount of water for them and they've given their body time to adjust uh, to this, this this newer amount of water that they're bringing in and they still find that they're going to the bathroom, what seems like, you know, more often than than normal, would that be because would they benefit from adding in those electrolytes or making sure they're getting enough salt? Or would that be something else like stimulants or irritants like coffee or alcohol yeah. or something? So it's funny how many people are not fully aware. I mean, I'm sure you are, uh, you know, that that stimulants like caffeine play havoc on the bladder, for instance. Caffeine does two things. Number one, it acts at the level of your kidneys and it makes your kidneys make more urine. So if you make more urine, you're going to end up having more urine in your, in your bladder more often. You're going to go to the bathroom more often. That's the first thing it does. The second thing caffeine does is your bladder has, it, it's like a sphere and it's made of muscle. And the way you actually urinate is your bladder squeezes. The muscle squeezes the urine out. It's not just a passive drip and, and it doesn't just fall out. It's actually pushed out by your bladder. And caffeine makes your bladder very twitchy and, and unstable. So normally... Uh, a normal person will have their bladder expand, expand, expand into a certain level. Everybody's different. Usually for an adult, male or female, between five and four and 500 cc's until you feel you have to go to the bathroom. And that's your bladder nerves sending messages to your brain saying, okay, I got to go to the bathroom now because I'm full. But yeah. that, 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 that mechanism is diminished dramatically. So you end up having to go to the bathroom more often. So if you're drinking more water as part of the plan or as part of a general approach to life, to maintain your hydration, it may be advisable for you to just take a quick look at how much coffee you're drinking, for instance. Um, mm. You know, decaffeinated products might be a better choice for some parts of the day, you know. I mean, everybody likes a cup of joe in the morning. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, there you go. Um, and <laughs> But but, uh, but the truth is that those stimulants, like alcohol, um, even spicy food sometimes, um, oh. and um, caffeine can really cause irritation to the bladder and make... Um, you know, your, your bladder um, more contractile and less hospitable to the activities of daily living. So is this an, is this an age thing? Because I was just talking to uh, Dr. Pfeiffer before our chat that I've been having some sort of bladder issues where I almost feel like my bladder is being irritated when I'm drinking coffee or, uh, or um, uh, alcohol, which is why I've, I've switched to decaf. But is this a, is it an age? I'm turning 50 this year. Is it an age thing? Because our, our demographic, I'm just 
kind of like thinking back, our demographic, our main demographic is that 45 to 55 range. And then we go 35, 45, and then, you know, 55, 65, and then down to the, the younger range. Could it be that, you know, people and people coming into this program, a lot of them have done all the diets and they've done all the things and they're ready to do it a different kind of way, um, which comes with experience, maybe with age. And could it be that at this point in people's lives where we're suggesting that they do increase their water than what their body is used to, that this is maybe um, like they're they're kind of like unraveling maybe some 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 pelvic health issues yeah. like so, you know we, we we did mention talk about that I mean pelvic health in in males and females is one of those things that you you don't know about you don't think about it until it goes wrong that's the yeah. problem and it's one of these things in life like breathing or like lifting your arms you know or doing whatever normal thing that you do that until it's gone you're like wow that was really an important thing in my life that I just took for granted. Um, yeah. Pelvic health is a grab bag of things. It's about successful and safe elimination of waste, both fluid, both uh, liquid and solid waste uh, to, to make sure that's effortless and make sure you get all those toxins out of your body. Number one, number yeah. two, it's, it's, it's in many times it's sexual health, both male and female sexual health. All those things are tied together in uh, the pelvic floor and what you're consuming, what you're bringing in, it could be due, due to stress also. Stress has a dramatic effect on life and pelvic health. Um, every, every, and, uh, you know, things, even uh, things like what medications you're on or what other medical mm -hmm. problems you have, things like this. Also, depending on where you are in life with respect to, you know, a lot of females will struggle uh uh, from something called genitourinary syndrome, you know, which is a, uh, um, a syndrome that uh, leads to a lot of pelvic floor dysfunction or pelvic floor or, or pelvic, um, pelvic dysfunction in general. And that can usually happen in the perimenopausal patients and so on. So a lot of different things can happen and change your hormonal balances, which dramatically affect mm -hmm. the integrity of your tissues, um, uh, you know, can, can, can really play a central focus in how you experience your pelvic health. Now, elimination, the things that are, are low-hanging fruit, right, are taking care of your elimination, drinking a good amount of water, you know, may, making sure that you speak to your physician about any sexual dysfunction you're having, things of this sort. There are things and treatments that are effective. Now, why is this related to, to, to water consumption? Because water consumption improves all of these things. It improves circulation, your circulation to your pelvic floor, it improves your elimination of solid waste, and certainly, certainly improves your bladder function by allowing it to cycle properly. Okay. Um, weak bladder. Like, could your weak bladder be a sign? We have so many people, my bladder's this week, my bladder's this week. Is that a thing? Or are they just noticing that, that their body just needs time to adjust their water? Could this indicate that they have something else going on? Like, are, some people seem to be more sure. sensitive to having to go to the water more often than other people. So absolutely. Um, aside from the from the getting used to having more water in your in your in your bladder and going to the bathroom yeah. more often, there are several many, there are many things that can happen to, to make a bladder less hospitable to that amount of, 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 of water. Um, things like overactive bladder, which is a very common thing. It's like, we talk about the COVID-19 pandemic, bladder overactivity is a pandemic. I mean, it's, it's, it's everywhere, men and women. So overactivity wow. to the bladder, things of this sort. If you've ever had surgery or ever had, you know, God forbid, chemotherapy or radiation for anything uh, down there, 
that can dramatically affect the bladder. If you're on diuretics or medications that make you, there are certain diabetic medications that will absolutely positively, especially in the mm. weight loss population, make you go to the bathroom often, no matter what, even if you don't drink right. water, you know? Right. So, because because you're eliminating glucose in your in your urine, getting rid of that extra sugar, and it's the the, the sugar is pulling with it the water. So that's that's what happens. We see that very very often. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's tons of stuff. So so on that, like, so what happened as we get older and I, I have to like, it's not just drinking the water. It's that sense of urgency to, to pee. Do you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. do you know, is that, is there, yeah. like, where do exercises like Kegels and stuff come in? Like, or, or yeah. when you, when you. Yeah. I mean, Kegels and a pelvic health, everybody should be doing Kegels and pelvic health, pelvic physiotherapy as part of their natural approach to wellness, you know? Oh. Um, and pelvic physiotherapists are very um, highly sp- uh, specific types of physiotherapists. There's a great uh, a website out there uh, called pelvichealthsolutions.ca, which you can find a pelvic health uh, guru near your house. You don't have to go far. And looking at Kegels or enhanced Kegels or pelvic floor rehab, all those things to improve your pelvic floor, your contraction. It's like pelvic, the pelvic floor is like any muscle in your body. If you yeah. don't work it out, it's going to just dither away, right? It's like, it's made of the same thing as your biceps. And if you, if you don't work it out, it's not going to work well when you need it. And when you need it is when you're changing your life, you're expected to hold in that urine. So you don't have any accidents, for instance, you know, things of that sort. So on the other side, I don't think I've ever asked you this before Mm. and I've heard it, but it's just kind of that thing out there holding your pee. Everyone always Mm. says, Oh, it's so bad for you. So you know, how, how detrimental is it to hold your pee? Like if you're holding it every now and then, cause I'm at the grocery store and I got to pee, I don't want to use the bathroom and I want to yeah. you know, get home. Like what, like, it really depends I, on how, it depends on how often you do it, to be honest. Like if you have, okay. if, you, if you're holding it once, you know, or once in a blue moon, it's not going to hurt you. Um, but if you do it chronically, I mean, we have this thing in urology, we talk about the teacher's bladder or the nurse's teachers or the nurse's bladder you know yes. nurses yes. are scrubbed in with me in the operating room they can't go to to, to go to the bathroom and their bladders yes. end up getting really dilated so what happens is the bladder again is like this muscle so if you don't work this muscle out um what will happen is that it's, it's going to dilate dilate like a big balloon and then sooner or later in life it's going to have trouble emptying it's like that balloon that you blow up and it, you you know if, if you blow up a balloon like this and you let go the air is going to go out right away. But if you blow mm. up a balloon that's like this and it stretches out over time, it's not going to empty. And the resistance of the bladder is diminished when the capacitance goes up. So it's really a fine balance of trying to go to the bathroom. I always tell my patients you have to go by, you have to go, you know, go to the bathroom by your watch and not by feel. If you feel you have to go to the bathroom, it's not this, it's not the best thing. So 
Go to the bathroom during the day. What? Ah. Hold up. Say that what? again. What? what? So we call it, I mean, it's very simple, simple maneuver called time voiding. So you, you, you get, you get your watch, get your, you know, your, your Apple watch or whatever you use and put on an alarm every two to three hours. You go to the bathroom if you need to or not. You may, you know, some of your members may say, I go to the bathroom much more than that. That's perfectly fine. But on a regular day, you should be going to the bathroom every two hours by field to keep your bladder empty and it's cycling effectively. And when you go to the bathroom, as you mentioned before, try to, you know, if you're a woman and you're seated when you're going to the washroom, you, you stand up, you get right back down and you try to have a second void because often the, there's, there's urine that, that stays there uh, that doesn't empty the first time and a second void or a double void will really help you uh, try to empty your bladder effectively. Now, the, the more a bladder is empty, that, that one, the less time you're going to spend going back to the bathroom again an hour and a half later. So try to make every void count, which is what, which is what it's about. Well, yeah, because I, I, I find sometimes I go to the bathroom and then I get up and five minutes later I have to go again. I'm like, what, what? So, yeah, so just, go and then stand up and then go again. Yeah. With time and life, things shift. Your anatomy is different than it was, you know, when you were younger, it, you know, it just takes a little bit of time to adapt to that. It's one of those adaptation mechanisms that we have to do as, uh, as people who, you know, uh, who have, uh, had some experience in life, you know, and whatever, yeah. however your age, whatever your, you know, your physiology. So back to those teachers, then what they would want to do is make sure they're on a schedule of going to the bathroom and taking the time to do that, especially while following the program, even though they may not have to go at that moment, they should take yeah. that opportunity and go. They have to, uh, you, you know, from, and, and if you have a, if you were a teacher and you, uh, and you're not allowed to go to the bathroom or whatever it is, because you have kids and you have nobody else that's there to help, there's gotta be special mechanisms in order to help you with your health. Cause it's a health issue. It's like, help. it's like taking medication on time. It's a health issue. So yeah, yeah for sure. Wow. So, now I need to add a, a P notification to my app to remind uh, people uh, to go to set those notifications to go pee. What about breaking the seal? What is that all about? How, how come like I could go and not have to go all day and then all of a sudden they break that seal and, and damn it, every five minutes I'm in the, in the washroom. Yeah. That has to do with your 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 um you know your consumption and has to do with your how much fluid you're drinking at that moment. Uh, you're more likely to have that happen if you're drinking a, a good amount of fluid all at once, or um, if you if you you know after coffee, for instance, people say, "Oh, I drink a coffee. I have to go to the bathroom three times." It settles down with time, but it, it's yeah. about you know the stimulation. That's why the consistency of water consumption will lead to less. Um, sort of aggravating experiences where you have to go to the bathroom more and more often. Yeah, I've been mean, thinking back to my university days where I'd be drinking. You you drink and you drink and you drink and you drink and you drink. Then you're at the bar. You don't want to break that seal because as soon as you do, you're in the bathroom all the time. It's probably because I'm I'm drinking more. I'm also drinking alcohol probably, which is cause is that stimulate and then that's causing me to go okay. Ooh, yep. love this conversation. Yep. Okay, so let's go back to the study about, uh, you know, basically, you know, drinking more water, drinking enough water can help you live longer. Can we talk yep. about this? Yeah, sure. People, were, um, people did reach out to me and they're like, oh, did you hear this? Did you hear yeah. that? So let's, let's talk about so, this. I think it's important. Absolutely. It's super important. Just one brief thing. You have to be careful when you read studies like that to interpret the results, you know, well. I went to school for years learning epidemiology to be able to take that and dissect that and really distill it down to really what the crucial message message really is. So yeah. um, as we said, and as you espoused in the program, water is a 
partner with health. So it's a partner to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to good nutrition, all these things and serves as a, as a good modality to really enhance your physiology. So that's, yeah. that's clear. What we have in that study is the really the first time where we have a well done large population study that shows that if you have sodium levels that are too high this time, right? Meaning that your water consumption or your hydration status is low because sodium is a reflection of how much water you drink. So mm-hmm. if your sodium is high, you're not drinking, you're, you're, it's not dilute enough, meaning you're not having enough water. So if you do not- oh, Can I just tell you yeah. off for a second and really yeah. point that out? I think it's so important because people are, are so concerned about low sodium, too much water, not enough sodium when, and you know, and, and blood pressure, right? Like if you're, if you're not getting, if you're too much water, not enough sodium. And then the opposite of that is having too much sodium in your system and not enough water, which is, which is a whole other issue. So it's True. just so, oh gosh. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So it's, yeah, absolutely. So too so now we have an association, not a cause like high sodium causes you to live a you know, shorter period of time. It's not an exact sort of, causal relationship but it's a highly highly valid association so what does it mean it means that people who do not focus on their physiology focus on maintaining uh their bodies in a in a in an optimal state which um has water consumption as an important foundation people who are not supporting their circulation you know not supporting their enzymatic reactions and their body's natural cellular mechanisms with an appropriate uh, personalized amount of fluid live shorter than those who are optimally saturated with, with, with fluid. So it's the first time in, in a well done, there's been plenty of studies before that have alluded to this, but you can always yeah. take apart those studies by looking at the methodology of those studies that they were really actually poorly performed studies. This study is the first one that has, has sort of the epidemiology stamp of approval on it that says, look, it was well done, the, the groups were well balanced. The associations were well measured, and the and, and as a result, the conclusion that you can make from this study is a valid one for the general population. So, it just means that fluid is a part of wellness. You know, yeah, you wellness. You focus on eating well, physical activity. You know, not drinking too much alcohol, not smoking, things of that sort. Fluid is right up there with maintaining your body's natural. Um, uh, tendency to um, to when pushed to perform optimally. That's it. It's just such an important part of our health and wellness and how our body functions in general. Like it's just it's so. Ah, I love this conversation. Um, seriously, because, you know, I've been talking about water and not drinking enough water for a long time. And there was that, you know, no, you only need like six to eight cups of water. And I'm like, no, like that's bit like the bare minimum amount of water that people need. And to, to really, it's all about framing it to make it resonate with people and how important it's such a simple thing to do. Um, but it's such an important thing that we need to do. Um, I'm cognizant of our time here. Can we just talk a bit about overhydration again, just to be super clear on that? 
Who would That's, need to worry about overhydration? Like, I just want to be very clear. And it is, can we talk about how serious that is and why? Because, you know, we post the post on low sodium and we let people know about this. And then we always have people who come, you know, throughout the program be like, everyone needs to know this. I went to my doctor, my sodium levels were off. And and so, like, we, we, we try to tell people, but I don't think they understand, like, well, how important of a topic it is. And, and I don't want to deter, obviously, say, you need more water and then be like, be yeah. afraid of water. So not be afraid of more, but no. I want to provide clarity on this particular topic. I, 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 you know, I salute you for for this effort because this is a very important group of people that need to be aware of this, and as as do the general population and all members. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the most important thing is to personalize your water consumption and understand really what's safe for you. If you are a person who's experienced, unfortunately, congestive heart failure or kidney abnormalities, kidney stones. Um, all these things that are, are, are on medications such as diuretics. Diuretics are medication that reduce your blood pressure by making your kidneys make more urine. So you eliminate body fluid through your urine via diuretics. That's what they do. So those patients, particularly, especially those who, for instance, uh, if you have, if you know, if you have patients who are trying to get well, um, uh, sorry, if you have members who are trying to get well and they're suffering from health issues now such as chemotherapy, radiation, unfortunate diagnoses of, of anything, they need to speak to their doctors about what a safe consumption of water is. That's yeah. very important. And they need to focus on not only water, but all the other amazing aspects of the plan and the program that will support them through their, through their journey. Um, if, you are, um, ex if you are drinking the, the recommended amount of water per day, and you're experiencing, um, you know, any symptoms at all, uh, uh, I, which I think is extraordinarily rare because you, you're not in that other population we talked about. Then again, reach out um, to, you know, your doctor, reach out to the team, understand um, you have wonderful people that work with your group that will give, you know, your members recommendations about what to do and when to seek medical attention. So yeah. I think that um, there is a safe range of sodium that you can deal with. Right. I mean, the, it, sodium is not just one number and everybody's number is different and everybody's number is different on every div, given day. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. If you yeah. get a blood test on one day and say your sodium is 130 and your doctor says, oh, my goodness, you know, your sodium is 130. You're drinking too much water. Who knows? That sodium may be back to 132, 133, which is perfectly normal. Right. The next day. And yeah. it just may be that. So the sodium is not just one line. It goes up and down like this. If the sodium goes down to a point where it's dangerous, that's 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 where you want to that's where you want to sort of intervene and curb uh, that perhaps excessive water intake in that person's particular situation. But it, it's by far and away, it's a rare situation. And the recommended amount of water on the program is is commensurate with what is recommended by medical standards everywhere. We're not yeah. the program is not telling you to overdo it. And we're yeah. certainly at this point not telling you to overdo it and to seek attention by your family doctor or your specialist should you have any specific concern for your particular thing. So someone would either have known health issues where they would know they have limitations with the water or they start drinking more water and they're, you know, going to the bathroom more often, which could be just a matter of, you know, spreading it out, um, having your body adjust, adding in some more, you know, electrolytes or whatever to your water. Or if you feel there's something else, it could be unraveling, you know, some pelvic health issues in which, you know, always when in doubt, go check with your dog. I find it interesting, though, that, 
you know, you have this study that talks about how important water is, but then you have these medical conditions that limit the amount someone can drink. So for my own personal interest, like what, where, what, what's happening there? Like you would think if someone has these issues and water is so important, they would want to drink more or need more and not actually have to be mindful about yeah. the amount they're drinking. So is that just like getting their, their body has a disconnect somewhere? What is that yeah. about? So unfortunately, I mean, let's take the example of congestive heart failure, which is a really yeah. significant example. It's like, it's hard. It's, it's where the weak, the pump in your heart is not pumping as well as it could be because the heart wall is weak. That can happen yeah. for, from viruses. It can happen from, from, um, you know, typically what's called coronary artery disease where you have, Disease arteries and the blood flow to the heart muscle is not good. So, the, so basically, the heart muscle is starved of blood and sort of shrinks with time. Um, all these conditions can affect the way your heart is pumping, and as a result, the, the the when the heart squeezes, less amount of blood comes out. So, if you have an overabundance of blood in your body, your body, your your heart can't pump fast enough mm. to circulate that blood, and as a result you need to decrease the amount of blood that you have circulating so your heart can be can optimally function at its level so yeah. some of those things unfortunately are not they're, they're not curable you know you can manage them as a chronic disease but they're not curable you know i i, I mean if somebody has an opportunity to cure congestive heart failure in life that would be a nobel prize winning achievement that's just yeah. it would be an unbelievable thing um so when somebody has gone, been down on, you know, say, let's say uh, a poor lifestyle for years or not even somebody who's just got a bad virus from, you know, from 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 the population um, and has suffered from congestive heart failure. Those patients cannot drink the same amount of water as every other every other person. Those that strict water adherence is the most fundamental part of management and needs yeah. to be overseen by your cardiologist for sure. Right. Yeah. So it's very tight. So somebody can't come on and just start doing all the water and so on, because it's just not it, it's not the right thing for them and they're going to be in trouble. So um, that's what we talk about. That just you have to personalize it. You have to speak to your, yeah. your physicians, you know. Um, so but for let's I mean, those patients and those members are, you know, neat. I mean, I, I know that there's a big focus on them as well. And, and you, you try to help everybody succeed in the in their in their journey in their weight loss journey and it's funny because weight loss is such an important part of congestive heart failure management yeah. that's yeah. what's frustrating about it right yeah. but, but so so you know diet manipulation uh and following the program may be of paramount importance in those patients as opposed to the water aspect of it trying to really maximize yeah. everything else so yeah. you know and it really that's what it is but for the rest of the population who want to preserve their cardiac health, want to make sure that they're alive and healthy into their 80s and so on. Um, safe water consumption, um, making sure that you, you know, you're, you're, you're eating well and focusing on your health and your overall wellness. A lot of things that the, that, that you know, that the program really supports is, a, yeah. a, is, is really the most important thing, Gina, for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, water is important, but it's not the be all end all in someone's health. And, you know, um, people will have their limitations. Right now, we have 28,000 people in this particular group. You know, wow. there are bound to be people because we are talking weight loss who are dealing with some health issues and who are taking medications that this is a very important conversation. But even if you're fully functioning healthy, healthy as possible, if you're not drinking enough water for yourself and your individual needs, that also is a really important conversation. One last question here. Does the kind of water we drink 
drink matter or you're just like get the water in like there's so yeah. many different uh, reverse osmosis and alkaline water and this water and that water i'm just like man just just get it in maybe get a different variety yeah. of water what's your opinion on this so all it's it's all it's all quackery and pseudoscience that's the truth um it's there's never been a study as, as again i'm an epidemiologist i'm a scientist I, I look at evidence and there's never been a study that shows that alkaline water does anything more than regular water there's never been a study that that shows that if you uh, if you get, you know, reverse osmosis is, you know, is, is the water that you get in a desalination plant in certain countries of the world, right? So there's nothing wrong with reverse osmosis as a process to get potable water, but it's the same, but we don't need reverse osmosis in Canada, let's say, because we could turn on the tap and have some of the best drinking water that we have that in, that's available in the world yes. from our tap, right? Yeah. So, so I think that, um, you know, if you want to, if you, you know, if there's certain waters that have different mineral contents that taste a little bit differently, and if you're very particular to the taste of your water, I think there's, a, there could be an argument made to say, if you like this brand or that brand, if you like to buy bottled water, um, but water is water is water. And that's what it is. The most, but I would, I would tell you that, um, you know, things like trace minerals, um, you know, getting your, getting your electrolytes in, uh, things that you espouse yourself. Um, are a phenomenal way to balance your water intake with the right amount of salt and mineral content to make sure that what you're bringing in is what your body needs and not less or more. Woo! Yes. Okay. Love that. What about carbonated water? Like to me, my issue is like, just drink the water. And, but you know, if you want carbonated, drink carbonated. I find it gives, makes me gassy, my belly upset, like thoughts on that. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's the same thing. Uh, you know, the carbonation in water is just carbon dioxide that's dissolved in the water and your body literally, you, 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 it, it's absorbed by your intestine and you breathe it out as you would any carbon dioxide that your body metabolizes. And every time you take a breath, you're, you're breathing yeah. out carbon dioxide every time. So yeah. that just comes out. It's not a big deal. And some people burp it out. <laughs> it's not, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's whatever it is. It's, uh, uh, it, it doesn't make a difference. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it's based on personal taste. That's the truth. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Um, thank you. I, I know you're a very My busy pleasure. man. We are so grateful for you taking the time and having this conversation. So important. Um, just your most important thing you'd want people to know. Most important thing, um, you know, sticking to the plan in terms of water consumption is a safe thing. You start the day dehydrated um, and you got to fill up that, 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 that um, that water in your body to really maintain your body's uh, you know functioning normally, and you don't need to overdo it. You just you need to do what's safe for you to make sure you're well hydrated and that you support all the other important aspects of of the plan. Because I, I think the plan is great, and I, I you know I've done it and it works, and I've seen so many people um, you know do it, and um, that's what I would I would say. Uh, just focus on this being one aspect of the overall life change that on your journey towards weight loss. Yeah, such a an important and amazingly informative conversation today. One of my I favorites. I, I, listen, I, one last thing, and I know I told you this before. It is a pleasure for me to talk because I spend the majority of my days talking to people who have already had some very major life things uh, happen to them with cancer and otherwise. So the ability to reach out to people in this matter in a wholesome way uh, to focus on wellness and prevention. Uh, is really a um, is a treat for me as well. So it's my pleasure and uh, thank you for the opportunity and, you know, just very happy to help.
Wow. Thank you. On that note, thank you. And thanks everyone joining us today. Remember that you can uh, listen again, find this uh, post in our guides as well as download on our podcast, Way in with Gina. Dr. Andrew Pfeiffer, thank you so much. Uh, have a great day, everyone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.